You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 4 of the Amen Corner. He's Stephen Cook. And Brad Rothschild. It's just, Amen. Week. it's just been another week of shit. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Oi. I'm just... I just... Um, yeah, it's Hold been on. not Hold a banner let, let, couple weeks. Yeah, let's find... Each one of us say one thing good before we get to okay, go. a pile of shit. No, I don't have anything good. Go okay, I will tell you. I will tell you the one good thing. Yeah. I'm in Plainview visiting my mom for That's her 85th thing. birthday, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I discovered in the process that it is WBAB, Long Island's home of rock and roll, Appetite for the 80s weekend. And I just got back from a Dunkin' Run. And I was listening to R.E.M. in the car. Which song? Oh, which song was it? <laughs> Here's the good we're thing. Talking about getting we're getting old. so old that we can't remember anything. That's a good thing. I mean, it was like, it was, it was 45 minutes ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> in all fairness, it was a while ago. In all fairness, yeah, exactly. Short-term That's, memory is the first so, thing so to go. Were, they say. So Nana is, a, Nana is a happy and healthy 85-year-old. God bless And you. it's Appetite for 80s Weekend. So those are two good things. Yeah. You have anything good? Uh, the only good thing I can say is that in this pain and uh, just horrific time, I think the only thing that I can take away from any of this that is worth anything is the community around me that, comforts me and that I get to comfort other people. Right. That's the only good that I can sort of take away from anything is like, I remember who the important people are to me. And uh, I've reached out to a lot of people in Israel and just saying, I'm thinking about you. Right. What's, um, I've had a similar kind of experience, although you, you know, you're deeper into the Jewish community. You're, you're a good temple, Nick. Um, but it's been, it's been super interesting to reach out to people. And actually I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends in the Arab world too. Yeah. Who I've been in touch with or, or Arab American friends. I've got a, a friend in Dallas who's uh palace. Half side of his family is Palestinian. The other half is from Mississippi. Which is interesting. An interesting combo. He's a he's just a great guy, and we spend a lot of time talking about all kinds of shit. Hold on, let me, let me football. ask just for clarification: white Mississippians yeah, or yeah. black Mississippians? No, white, white. He's yeah. like he's like half redneck. He's like mm-hmm. half redneck, half from Ramallah. <laughs> it's totally wild. Redneck anyway, Ramallah. he's a he's a he's a great guy, and we've been on and off. My friend, my friend Hisham, who is the dean of Arab journalists in Washington D.C. Lebanese came to this country in the early seventies, not speaking a word of English. He's like a philosopher king, knows more about the Civil War than anybody in the entire world. And just, you know, like not only am I reaching out to friends, you know, Jewish friends and so on and so forth, but there are 
those guys are, are suffering through this as well. And of course, my, yeah. my research associate, she, father's Palestinian, her mother's Jordanian. And they're, they're, we have family in Ramallah, family in Lod or Lid, um, and, and friends in Gaza. And just everybody's extremely, extremely worried and heartsick. And so it's been, it's been super I, um, I wish, fine. I, I wish that there were spaces where we could remember our shared humanity. Right. Well, that's. And that the people who are suffering on both sides could see one another suffering and be and empathize right, right. with the other suffering. This is what I've been saying for the last, you know, I think we're, the last week is that where this has really kicked in a lot. Um, it was interesting. We did a, we did a staff meeting and where we, we kind of talked about the issues and so on and so forth. And my RA gave a, talked about her experience throughout. And we have a young woman who's uh, half of her family is Israeli. She's in Jerusalem. Actually, I think she's back now, but she was in Jerusalem when the attack started. And, um, you know, it was those kind of, kind of human things. And this week, I feel like people have really lost their ability to be human beings about it. Well, and certainly some people, it seems. Certainly, I mean, it's it's the actual, like, bloodlust is so painful. It's crazy. It's, social look, media had, is painful. Yeah, social media is horrible. And, you know, you've talked about this before on this podcast. Uh, the Academy has mm-hmm. lost its fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, there have been incidents with Cornell professors, Columbia professors, Harvard. Uh, There's a school, an art school in Chicago where a professor made horrific comments about Israel and Jews online. And of course, walked it back afterwards once the public outcry started. But like the, and you know, this is not new celebration. The celebration of Hamas in some corners of academia I mean, Joseph from Columbia, who already has a, had a reputation, he called the attacks on October 7th awesome. I mean, it's grotesque. This is someone who has tenure, so it's his, his right and privilege to say things like that. Right. But then for the president of Columbia University to remain silent about or that, mil- I think it's a real, enough, yeah. is a real issue. And, and look, um, this is something that you and I – hold on one second. This is something that yeah. you and I have talked about before um, about how intersectionality – Kills. Excludes Jews. Yes. Right. This is a, a subject that we've discussed, uh, and and again, you and I were talking about this before we got on. That once again, Jewish people find themselves neither here nor there. Right. With trying to have a foot, you know, in a world that doesn't necessarily want us there all the time, and when push comes to shove, we see who our allies are right. and we see who our well, allies are not. This is, this was the topic of my former intern, Michael Koplow's, uh, wrote yeah. a, an excellent piece this week yeah. about, about exactly this, that, um, a clarifying moment for, for Jews about exactly who, um, they can be actually be allies with. And, and then there was yet another piece by Rui Tushera for the liberal Patriot, which is a great, publication about how the the left and the intersectional left has gone have gone down this moral road 
where they've ended up in an immoral place. Um, but they again, don't even see it. There's a blind spot here. Right. There's a blind right, spot. It's a blind spot because it, any it, it, it's this idea that any oppression, any any right. any means to throw off any oppression By is legitimate, any, including the murder of children. Right. By any means necessary. By any means so, necessary. So again, you and I can agree that we don't like the occupation of the West Bank and we're I mean, at least, you know, whether or not it's feasible anymore, one state solution, two state solution, like whatever. Right. I, I, I have been a proponent of Palestinian rights next to Israel, is right. rights for Israel as well. Right. But when you say that any attack on Israel anywhere in Israel is legit, then you are now saying that there is no Jewish right to self-determination. Right. right in the historical land, in any part of the historical land of Israel. And what you're then saying is a genocide against those people. That's is okay. okay. That's okay. okay. Exactly. I think that, and then just bring it back around to American Jews and who their allies are. I do think that Koplow's piece, which um, I commend to everybody does put, I think Michael put his finger on, I think a shift in American Jewish life. And, I mean, it's all anecdotal at this point. We'll see what happens right. in the coming months and years. But had a conversation with a, a family friend, very, very smart, articulate, talented person. And he was saying, look, I have long put myself out there and as a critic of, of Israel's policies in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip and supportive of Palestinian rights and stuff like that. And, you know, all these other causes that we nice liberal Jews want to think of. It's like, I got to be honest with you. I'm going to be on the sidelines for this for, for, for some time. He's like, I'm not saying I'm running out to vote for Republicans. But I think it's pretty clear that um, I, I, it, the people who I thought um, would reciprocate are not interested in, in reciprocating. Well, that's so he it. Said, I'm on, he's like, I'm on the sidelines. Well, that, that's it. Sidelines. We are always everybody else's ally. Right, but that's exactly. I've been right? thinking the same exact thing, yeah. we, and we always want to be everybody else's allies because um, we stand up for what we believe is right. right. And if we see like LGBTQ people are being oppressed, okay, we're going to stand with them. Or black mm -hmm. people in America are suffering, we're going to stand with them. Right. But when push comes to shove, if you're waving and a, a pride flag at an anti-israel rally it's like you've lost the fucking right, narrative exactly. man so you i think we like, lost it like i said i think um this has aroused people you know um my sister lives in westchester county her her uh representative of congress is jamal bowman who's been yeah. basically lying and gaslighting a very large jewish community for however long he's been in congress i think people have had enough finally like 25 rabbis yeah. I sent that to you, issued a, a letter saying, yeah. we're sick and tired of Jamal Bowman. And I think that finally the Jew, and, and they wanted to be nice Jews and they want to say, you know, Jamal Bowman, give him, give him a chance and so on and so forth. And, but they've had enough because he's been so bad on well, these issues. I, I, there was I, a rally, all, every Westchester politician came out with the Jewish community in Westchester. Bowman didn't show. 
Yeah. Um, people are sick of this kind of shit. Well, I don't think they're going to take it any longer. It's one thing when it's performative, when the stakes aren't high. And it's right. another thing when like, okay, now shit has gotten real, like all too real. And I don't mean that in a flip in a flippant way. Like thousands of lives have been lost. And, and look, I this is going to go on for a long time. I'm long. very worried about a, a Northern front. I'm very worried about an Eastern front. Yeah, um, a regional, a regional war. Palestinian kids are suffering horribly. Yeah, um, it's a terrible, terrible, horrible situation. Yes, but I do have to say, and I'm sure you will uh, agree. So far, President Biden has been doing an unbelievable job of managing this. Right. He really. Right. Well, has, let's I see mean, what. Let, let's see how well the the both the diplomacy and the and the military force in the region yeah. Look, deter it's a, it's those a who want to make act. a second front. Yeah. But he's been good. He's been good rhetorically. I mean, our our dear friend Evan said to me the other day, because um, I've been calling to see how they're doing, um, and he said Israel's leaderless. The leader yes. of Israel That's right true. now is Joe Biden. I was thinking the same thing, actually, that he is the best Israeli politician right now, <laughs> the most effective Israeli politician at the Can moment. I just point out, he is one of these like old-timey American yeah. Zionist yeah, you, yeah. politicians. Every time he talks about Israel, he mentions gold in my ear. Yeah. But I said I, to Seth, yeah. I said to Seth, I was like, is that on purpose or is that just like his, his, his like, North star? Like, yeah. That was the first Israeli prime minister he ever met. And he brags how he's hugged and kissed every prime minister since then. And he knows all the Hanukkah prayers and so on and so forth. But it's always gold in my head. He's like, and look, he's, he's great. But there's a generation of young yes. progressives who completely disagree with his approach mm-hmm. and who do not support what he's doing. Right. And then you and I, now we sound and feel like our parents. Right. Like we've gotten like we're the older generation. We're not radicals. We fancy ourselves as progressives, but to a point. Right. And I think of myself. I actually don't think of myself as a progressive. I think of myself as just an old fashioned liberal. OK, well, whatever label we want to put on it, we I mean, are, I think we are certainly was... to the right of. of hey, kids. I think in the, in the Our, early 1990s, had I been old enough and I, I mean, the. I naturally would have gravitated towards the blue dog Democrats of the Clinton era. Okay. People who I still like and know. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is compared to 25-year-olds, 27-year-olds, yeah, yeah, we, absolutely. we are considered like old and irrelevant now. Hey, man. I'm sorry. It's funny. <laughs> I was after that staff meeting yeah. at work, one of the – one of the, the director of HR and in DC came to me and said that after first my research associate, uh, after first the our um, our staffer who is Israeli and American told talked about her experiences, um, and then my research associate talked about her experiences, and like someone someone in the New York office was like you know tears, and then and then I spoke and it was like the reassuring dad voice. <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah, how'd you end up in that? How'd I end up being the reassuring guy? And I was like, Jesus I'll be sure to tell Maddie and me that. Yeah. Um, in any event, I, I I don't know the it's um I don't see it as being I see it as being exactly that, the 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 voices of reason here. Um because I do think that 
re- people have lost the ability to reason um, in this Dude, in this conflict. And, let, the, and let, one of the things, actually, from a professional standpoint, that makes this so hard is that something big happens in you know Saudi Arabia or Egypt. It's it's a huge story, and yeah. there's a lot of interest in it, and it keeps me busy. But this cuts across domestic politics. It cuts yeah. across my personal life. It cuts across my past. This is the biggest from... story in 50 years. Huge, 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 huge yeah. global story. That, yeah. And also for the first time in 50 years, there is a possibility that there be a, a regional conflict. Yeah, or even bigger, God forbid. Dude, I wake up every morning and I grab my phone to look at what's happening. Have I heard from anybody? Has anybody in Israel texted me? What's going on? Has the war escalated? Has the ground invasion begun? Well, right. Like, I mean, I wince. I like it. It's my professional responsibility at five in the morning to check all the news sources yeah. and so on and so forth. And I, I'm like with one eye open and that's not because I'm tired. It's one yeah. eye open because the, the the bad news just keeps rolling, rolling yeah. in. And with the time difference, you know that like five o'clock in the morning is midday in the Middle East. Like right. shit will have happened from well, the morning there right. on. Right. So at night is the only time where it's like, all right, it's seven o'clock our time. It's the middle of the night there. Like, of course, that could happen, you know. Yeah, it could. It Ground could. invasion could start at yeah. three in the morning. That's there. I mean, true. But I do feel for the most part, it's like, yeah. okay, it's nighttime. Like things right. are going to be quiet for a couple hours and then it'll start up again. I will say this. Um, I, you know, I like it when I, when I'm asked to comment and be on and stuff like that, but I generally cannot watch this stuff. It's become kind of war porn. It's I've been watching suffering, you know, this, the office yeah. reruns and modern family reruns as much as I can. Um, it's definitely because, there's definitely a lot of grief porn out there, a lot yeah, on both sides. Yeah, I, I think that's right, but um, it's not. I mean, I, I I've seen so many interviews with Israelis and Palestinians. It's so heartbreaking in every way, and I wonder what at some point. I, I think that I think if if I'm getting into the skin of like producers and executive producers that they, they, they do feel a responsibility to tell a human side of it. But at some point I wonder what the value added is because then people will become numb to it. And then the discourse, and then the, as we were discussing, the discourses are outside of that have become so dehumanizing that, I mean, you know, the, there are people out there who are just basically counting the minutes. How, how much time is devoted to Israeli victims versus how much time is devoted to Palestinian victims and vice versa? Again, because what everybody wants to be the victim. Everybody needs Every- to be the primary. And if you're the victim, that means I can't be the victim. And then I feel like people, like we're talking about on campuses and other places, are just yeah. exploiting suffering of people thousands and thousands of miles away. Grotesque. Because they're anti-Semites, because they hate Arabs, because who the fuck knows? Let's let's find our shared humanity. Exactly. Please, people. Please. That's the thing that's been that's the thing that's been actually bothering me the most. Is that and I guess I and I I was I was saying this the other day. It's like I don't know, I'm I'm obviously not unique, but 
I have lived in Ramallah. Well, in your own way, you're unique. <laughs> my own. My own. Way. No, but I've lived in Ramallah. I've lived in Cairo. I've lived yeah. in Turkey. I've lived in Syria. I know people in all of these places. I was telling you about my friend who lives in Dallas, who's yeah. a Palestinian American. I have other Palestinian American friends. I have, you know, all these Lebanese friends and, and so on and so forth, as well as my Israel. And I love them all. Yeah. And they all, and they all love each other and and whatever and no one wishes actually genuinely wishes anybody ill. I don't know. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about those capitals that you've lived in or the cities that you've lived in, yeah. all I can think about is how lucky you were to have sampled food in all of those places. <laughs> you know, I know Cuz it's the, the best food in the world. I, I mean, know the on. ambassador to Jordan and during her confirmation hearings, Senator Menendez asked her where the best shawarma is in the Middle East. Yeah, and she said, Jordan. Of course, she was going out to Jordan, well, so of course she was going to say that. But I subsequently saw her, and I was like, you know as well as I yeah, do, that the true. best shawarma is not in Jordan. Yeah, it's true. in Syria. And she's like, you know, Libyan shawarma is really good. I was like, stop it. Stop true. it. So, so now, and this is trivial and petty, and certainly does not rise to the level of like real problems. Yeah. And we've talked about this in my house and you know how we feel about uh, Middle Eastern cuisine yes. here. When can we go to Patterson again? Like I when can we walk Patterson into El... You, you think I you could talk... walk into El Basha today and, and I would be welcome there? I don't... I don't I know. Don't I mean, know. I feel like... But, but that, to me, is a test of everybody's humanity. Like, yes. But it's the fact that we have to even think about think it. Think about it. I know. I know. I Actually, it's so funny. I was thinking about the same thing the other day and you because somehow, somewhere along the lines, I don't know, maybe I was talking to a journalist or something about the Arab American community. Somebody said something about Patterson. Yeah. And I was like... I wonder how it would be. And like, and I was thinking, I was like, Brad should go or I should go and we should go together. We should go. We should go because like, right, that, that is, I think that's an important statement. Oh, I know what it was. There was, there was an article in the Times about how Israelis and Palestinians or Arab Americans and Isra Israeli Americans had gone to some restaurant. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That was it. Yeah. And I was like, oh. We should go now. We should go to Patterson. I should come up. You've been, and we should go. I like, mean, that would be a uh, let's go. But my and, and look again. Like, am I worried for nothing? Like, I'm not worried about walking in there and you and I sitting down, or even me and my family sitting down there. But when I take out my credit card, yeah, my last name is Rothschild. Okay, well, maybe I'll pay for that one. Okay, maybe Stephen Cook. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, I know. Like, I know. that's a real thing. I know. Like, are they going to look it. at this and be like, well, you're think not about welcome how much, here. Think about how much this has set things back. I think probably there was a significant clientele of that place and other places that were Jews or- Yes, and Israelis. And Israelis yep. and so on and so forth. And now people don't aren't going to want to go to those places, which is so fucking wrong. But it, again, so come to New York- Let's go to Elbasha and see what happens. All right. Let's go. Right All now. Right. I'm hungry. Right now? All right, maybe in a couple of hours. got to go to brunch at Julie's. Oh, yeah, you're already there. When are you going it's back? Awesome. 
Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I'm actually back at the end of this coming week yeah. for CFR stuff. No, when are you driving back home? Oh, I'm not. I'm I'm staying overnight because I have to be at Fairleigh Dickinson University at noon tomorrow. So Lauren and the girls are going back this evening. And then and what? I'm st- what? And then what after Fairleigh Dickinson? And then I gotta go. And then I gotta go to. Uh, I'm on a 6:15 train from Newark back home. I don't have time this trip. As much change as I'd your, love to. Change your train time. Push it back two hours. Uh, push it back two hours and let's figure this out. All right, let me look at let me look at what the Because if you're in Fairleigh Dickinson, you're already yeah. you're already there. You're close enough. Right. You're twenty minutes away from the well, let me look at the train times and what it's gonna how it's gonna change. I'll Could, drive you back to the city if you need to go. No, it's Newark. not that. Oh no, you want to go from Newark. I have to go oh I have to be in DC for stuff on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll get you back tomorrow night. Okay. Let me see what that's going to... Well, let me see what's going to cost. And if there's a train. I mean, the trains are packed. I may not get a seat. All right. Don't give me that. What's Don't that? give me that. Don't give me that. I'm not giving you anything. I'm, wait, I'm hearing I mean, excuses already. Midnight. You'll be all, right. all snug as a bug in your bed. I'll be well, on the metro well fed, at midnight. But you will be well fed. I'll definitely be well fed. I mean, come on, then. All right, just think about it. Give right, it, think about it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move heaven and earth to make it happen. But if right. it's just a question of making one little thing, if it's twenty bucks a difference, more light, a better, a better shot is yeah. I come in to New York midday on Thursday. I can go out Thursday do, night. I don't. I can't do Thursday night. Oh. All right, whatever. But we got to do right. the sentiment. Is I think is right. Is that. Let's figure it out. Let's go. Let's, you know. You know, we can't lose our humanity. This. You can't say, I can't go there. I can't do this. Yeah. This because is the bad. worst thing is, the worst thing is, the, is that the lines are being drawn. Right. And, then, and like people, people exist and, and coexist and talk to each other and because they have to. And, they, and they're like, I don't know. Look, I never harbored any illusions walking into that place or any place in Patterson or right, any they're place. They're not going to start singing Hatikva in exactly. the middle of the I've never harbored there. illusions that you know we're going to have a Chobavetzion meeting in any of those places. <laughs> but there is a difference between being a non-Zionist and being an anti-Zionist, right? Right, and there's a difference between somebody who says like. Yeah, my family lives on the West Bank, and uh, you know I have Israeli friends, uh, and I, you know, want to see a solution. Versus, I don't think you should exist, and right. you should go back right. to Russia or That's wherever exactly right. it is right. you come exactly. from. And it's 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 more likely, it's more likely actually like that kind of so-called progressive left white people who say go exactly. back to Russia, and, and that's mean, been said on college I know, campuses. I know. And like. My Palestinian American friends have not said that. Yeah. They don't say that. They say, Jesus, we need to have a settlement. No yeah. one wants to see no one wants to see Israeli civilians killed wantonly. No one wants to see what's happening to We need to amplify those voices on both my, sides. My concern, my professional concern is, however, yeah. that we're gonna launch ourselves into a new round of this, let's make a two state solution and so on and so forth. And it's just that train has left the station. It's just it doesn't exist any longer. And so, so we're what, in this uncharted territory where there is no thinking. What there's about, no, let me ask you a question. There's no conception of what comes next because we've so, 
we've so wrapped ourselves around the two-state solution. What about what about the Saudi initiative of two thousand two? The Arab the peace Arab, initiative. Uh, even peace initiative. The, in the months running up to this, the, even the, even they abandoned it because they were well, interested in normalization. Can you right, resurrect maybe that? Maybe now that we can see is not going to happen without well, some. But can a, that happen? Some you know that redress. was basically peace for peace. That was basically Israel within sixty seven borders. And, and normalization, the Muslim world yeah. would 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 it would be settled. The problem is now what the Israelis are talking about what they're going to do with Gaza is basically create a, a real cordon sanitaire, a kill right. zone around it. No, no, it's not their responsibility cutting every link, water, electricity. No workers in, no nothing. Yeah. Which is a ben- essentially saying, and this is what concerns me. It's essentially trying to dump Gaza on the Egyptians, which right. could put the peace treaty in jeopardy here. Right. The Egyptians so, do not want Gaza. I don't believe... And on principle say Gaza is the responsibility of the Israelis. We know they withdrew, but they also remain the occupying power. Yeah, they control the, right, the exactly. entrance, the, the egress. And, right. Um, so, so again, the Saudi peace initiative of 2002, let's blow the dust off of it, You know, take it out of the drawer... And revisit it, you know. Again, like you said, peace for peace. Yeah. Let's. What other too, What other options are there? I mean, right. what this do we is have? the benefit of being. This is the benefit of now being twenty years into a career. Is that you have an intimate understanding of everything that's been tried and everything that has failed. And but it hasn't been tried. About it, it hadn't been tried because the well, Saudis I mean, put it forward and the Israelis. They, no, they just ignored it. They never right. rejected it. They ignored it. So now it hasn't been rejected. It's just been ignored. Like, let's revisit it. I, I could tell you all the reasons why that's not going to work, but I'm going to, I'm not going to harsh on your, on your, well, your, wh- gra- your straw that you've just grasped at. Well, I'm so trying. Okay. So, I'm, I mean, look, I guess at this point, let's try anything. Again, if we're saying, like you're saying the two state solution, that, that ship has sailed. So what does the future look like? I don't know. I think I, I think it's something I'd like to write about, like beyond the two-state solution. I but mean, not in this punitive way that other people have written about it. I, I don't know what that looks like. There, I mean, because there is, there is writing on it, including by colleagues and friends of mine that have been punitive and polemical, yeah. um, that have been, I don't think, have been constructive in terms of thinking about how you, how you move forward. So, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I'm I'm looking for optimism somewhere. Somewhere. Hard to find right. it. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll find it in Appetite for Eighties Weekend. Maybe you'll find it in Appetite for El Basha. <laughs> I'm gonna have some smoked fish later. I am yeah. freaking psyched. That, that's good. That's gonna but- be good. Look into changing and we your had, schedule. You know, I have to say, look, I was, I was looking around at all these New Yorkers having their sat- early Saturday evenings after the theater yesterday, and I was yeah. kind of jealous. I mean, people were living like a normal. It didn't seem, you know, like I feel like I've internalized. It was great. It was great to go to the theater for two and a half hours and forget everything and just, else. We saw, we saw, um, some like it hot, fabulous, amazing incredible dancing and singing and stuff like that. It was really nice to like escape into that for a couple hours. 
Welcome back Highly to the recommend. real world. All right, so I'll see you tomorrow night in El Basha. We'll tomorrow night? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should do it tonight. Let's go. I'll be with Seth and Justin. Let's fucking go. All right, I'll, I'll take Jordan. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. All right, maybe. I'll talk to you later on about them. All right. This is going to happen. Yeah. We can talk about it next week. All right. Sounds good. All right. We're All out. Right. We're out. See you later. Maybe in El Bacha. Inshallah, in El Bacha. Bye-bye.